0: From the brains behind Brains On, it's Smash Boom Best. The show for people with big opinions. I'm Molly Bloom and this is Smash
1: Boom Best, the show where we take two things, smash them together, and ask you to decide which one is best. Today's debate is a trek for the ages. In one corner, we've got the hottest spot in North America. In the other, we've got a sacred Japanese volcano. Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no debate as awesome as Death Valley versus Mount Fuji. We've got journalist and Lemonada Media podcast host Gloria Riviera here to defend a sizzling Death Valley.
2: Death Valley is going to rock you!
1: And host of the podcast, What Next? And editor Mary Harris ready to fight for massive Mount Fuji. I am ready to blow you away with not one volcano, but three. And here to judge it all is Zora from St. Paul, Minnesota. She's an avid swimmer, a Nordic skier, and when she isn't in school, she's out traveling. She's been to 29 national parks in 29 states, and I gotta warn you, if you challenge her to rock, paper, scissors, you're going to lose. Zora is a rock, paper, scissors champion. Hi, Zora. Hi. So, Zora, what is the key to winning a game of rock, paper, scissors? I don't really know. I just am good at it. You just how do you just like tap into the vibes of the universe, sort of like you get signals or something to know what
0: the other person's gonna exactly. do? Exactly. So do you have a favorite to play? I like playing paper. Why paper? I feel like if you're switching from rock to something else, paper is the easiest to switch to. Interesting. Like just hand motion wise or yeah. psychologically? Just hand motion wise. Do you worry that now that you've
3: revealed your paper secret, like, everyone's going to go scissors with you? <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'll be any
0: rock, in any rock, paper, scissors competitions anytime soon.
3: <laughs> you're not going to take this to the NCAA, is what you're telling me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> very, very cool. Well, will Zora rally for Death Valley or will Mount Fuji pique her interest? Only she can tell. Zora, are you ready to judge this thing? Yes. Wonderful. Before we get into the debate, it's time to review the rules of the game. Round one is the Declaration of Greatness, where our debaters present fact-filled arguments in favor of their side, and they each have 30 seconds to rebut their opponent's statements. Then we've got the Micro Round, where each team will present a creative response to a prompt they received in advance. Round three is the Sneak Attack, where our debaters will have to respond to an improv challenge on the spot. And to wrap it all up, we've got the Final Six, where each team will have just six words to sum up the glory of their side. Our judge Zora will Will award two points in the first round—one for her favorite rebuttal, the other for the declaration she likes best. Then she'll award one point in each round after that, but she'll keep her decisions top secret until the end of the debate. Listeners, we want you to judge too. Mark down your points as you listen. At the end of the show, head to our website, smashboom.org, and vote for whichever team you think won. Okay, Mary, Gloria, and Zora, are you ready to do this thing? I was born you don't ready. Have to ask so ready. Me twice. Oh yeah. Wonderful. Then it's time for the... Declaration of Greatness. We flipped a coin, and Gloria, you're up first. Tell us what makes Death Valley a killer destination.
2: Imagine a galaxy far, far away. There's cracked desert earth, sweeping sand dunes, all surrounded by tall, rocky mountains. It's like you've been transported to Tatooine, the desert planet from Star Wars... But this isn't some distant galaxy. No, this is Death Valley in California. One of the most extreme places on the planet. That's why so many TV shows and movies were filmed here, including Star Wars. (coughs) Pretty rad, right? Death Valley is totally metal. And if it was a competition, it would take home all the medals.
4: Welcome to the X Games. The most extreme competition show. I'm joined by one of the most iconic places on Earth. Death Valley. DV, you really scorched the competition this year. Taking home trophies for lowest elevation and driest place in North America.
0: How is it that I'm lower than sea level yet so parched? I mean, come on.
4: There's that dry sense of humor. You're also one of the hottest places around.
0: Oh, I'm... I'm flattered.
4: Oh, uh, I meant like, uh, temperature-wise.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's you.
4: Uh, oh, of course. Right. But back to the stats. You hold the world record for hottest air temperature on Earth.
2: Uh, that's correct. In 1913, I reached just over 134 degrees Fahrenheit.
4: So hot! And, uh... Well, that's all we have time for on X Games. Back to you, Gloria.
2: Death Valley's extremes have everything to do with its geography. For starters, Death Valley is so hot.
3: How hot is it?
2: So hot you could literally fry an egg on the ground. Mmm, ground eggs. As I was saying, it's so hot because its basin is nearly 300 feet below sea level. So all the hot air gets trapped in the valley. Even when the hot air rises, the mountains around the valley are so tall, they keep the air from escaping. It's also so dry. How dry is it? So dry, it gets just a little over two inches of rain per year. A year? That's drier than a cactus's armpit. How does that even happen? Well, Death Valley is located hundreds of miles from the Pacific Ocean in what's called a rain shadow. Storms move in from the Pacific, and they have to pass over four mountain ranges to even get to the valley. In each one, the weather clouds cool and condense, which leads to rain or snow. But that means the clouds are squeezed out. There's hardly any rain left by the time they get to Death Valley. Golly, Death Valley is all about extremes. Its lowest point is below sea level and its peaks scale over 11,000 feet. The difference between those two points is deeper than two grand canyons. That's deep, deeper than Adele's lyrics. And despite its name, Death Valley is full of life. Hundreds of different animal species live here from bighorn sheep <coughs> to roadrunners, <coughs> And if you're lucky, you might catch a spring super bloom. Picture seas of yellow, pink, and purple wildflowers across the desert. It's beautiful. Humans live here too, like the Timbisha Shoshone people. Their ancestors relied on native plants, like pinyon pine nuts and mesquite pods for their diet, and moved around the valley throughout the year to beat the heat. For them, Death Valley isn't just an incredible place. It's home. Death Valley is extreme. It's dynamic. It's resilient and teeming with life. An out-of-this-world
1: experience,
2: all here on planet Earth.
1: A drop-dead gorgeous declaration of greatness for the very much alive Death Valley Zora. What stood out to you about Gloria's declaration of greatness?
0: I really liked how you mentioned how Death Valley is so hot and why it's so hot. And I also loved the Star Wars mention.
1: (laughs) All right, Mary, it is time for your rebuttal. You've got 30 seconds to tell us why Death Valley is America's litter box. And your time starts now.
3: Okay, let's start with the obvious. Death Valley? What is the one thing every human being is trying to avoid doing every day, day in, day out, dying? I rest my case. And I have Googled this, and even though it is like the largest national park south of Alaska, only a couple hundred people live there year-round. There is a reason, people. Also, is all that heat a good thing? Death Valley is brutally hot, dry as a bone. But should you really be bragging about that? Mount Fuji is full of life-giving water. 2 billion tons of and precipitation.
1: Fly. 30 <laughs> seconds really flies by. Gloria, anything you want to say before? No, I think she covered it, which was not a lot, so, you know, we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> All right. Mary, it's your turn. I know you got more to say. So tell us. What should we know about
3: volcanic Mount Fuji? All right, I've got a riddle for you. What is a natural wonder so massive you can see it from space, but so accessible that a kid just like you could conquer it? I'm talking about Mount Fuji, the highest peak in Japan and a cultural icon. Picture yourself. The wind is whipping through your hair. You're so high up that you're looking down on what the Japanese call unkai, A sea of clouds. Are you ready to lace up your hiking boots and do this thing? Yeah, of course you are. Starting from base camp, you and I are going to travel nearly a full mile, straight up into the sky, as if we were climbing the Empire State Building in New York City four times. But every year, hundreds of thousands of people make this journey. It's not like Mount Everest. You don't need any special gear or hardcore training. A 79-year-old man named Jitsukawa Yoshinobu has climbed Fuji more than 2,000 times, sometimes twice a day. His nickname is Mr. Fujisan. Search around a bit, you'll find pictures of kids summiting too. A four-year-old, an eight-year-old. Some even say a two-year-old once climbed this thing. As we set out on this adventure, you're probably going to be asking yourself, Why is it so dark? Well, here's a weird thing. Mount Fuji's hiking trails are packed in the middle of the night. That's because so many people want to be on Fuji's Peak to watch the sunrise. All along the path, there are dozens of mountain huts, places you can take a nap, get a drink, or slurp up a bowl of ramen. And who doesn't love staying up late and eating snacks? Most people are inspired to hike this mountain simply because she's an icon. In fact, I think of her as a kind of supermodel.
0: Supermodel or super mountain? I'm
3: both. Mount Fuji is used to striking a pose. She's been doing it for thousands of years. Listen, I can't help being gorgeous. I have a perfect cone-like shape. In spring, I'm surrounded by cherry blossoms. In the winter, I have a cute little snow cap. I'm always picture perfect. Now, where's that matcha latte? You didn't forget it, did you? In the 1800s, the Japanese artist Hokusai made not one but 36 woodblock prints of Fuji, some of the most iconic Japanese art around. There are still photographers today who've made documenting Mount Fuji their life's work. Even though she can be temperamental, she is a volcano, after all. Ah, uh, hello, the latte. You don't want to see me blow my top. Okay, that does not sound great. Oh, don't worry. I'm bluffing. I haven't done that since 1707. Mount Fuji's beauty, it's more than skin deep. As one of Japan's three holy mountains, Mount Fuji has served as religious inspiration for centuries. Buddhists call Fuji's peak Zenjo. That's their term for a perfect meditative state. Believers in the ancient Japanese religion of Shinto think of Fuji as the home to their goddess of volcanoes. There's even a legend that when Fuji's volcano smolders, it's because it's filled with an elixir of immortality set on fire by a heartbroken Japanese emperor. Side note, his heart was broken by a space princess. I'm not even joking. So on this hike, we're going to pass shrine after shrine. Hold it. Look at that. We made it. I told you you could do it. And there's the sun rising over the clouds. This is truly a beautiful, spiritual experience. Would you rather be at the bottom of a valley, being fried like an egg in 140-degree heat? Didn't think so. I guess now I know what it feels like to be on top of the world. I'm feeling refreshed
1: after
0: that invigorating hike. Zara. What stood out to you about Mary's Declaration of Greatness? I really liked the explanation of what it's like to climb the mountain, and the food on the way sounded really, really great. hmm Yeah, ramen while you're hiking, why isn't that everywhere? hmm It yeah. should be.
1: I love it. All right. Well, Gloria, it's time for your rebuttal. You've got 30 seconds to tell us why Mount Fuji is less of a mountain and more of a molehill. And your time starts now.
2: Okay, so first of all, oh, shock, you can see the sunrise from the top of the mountain. Um, Can't you see the sunrise from the top of every mountain? What makes that so different? <laughs> Second of all, Mount Fuji is so common. I mean, Mount Fuji has so many impersonators. It's like an impersonator of the impersonators. Like around the Pacific Rim, there's Chimborazo, Samuru, In the U.S., our own Mount Shasta and Mount Drum. I mean, I can go on and on, but it gets kind of boring. And also, what is this unkai umshmai, sea of clouds? I mean, yes, again, like the sunrise, there's always a sea of clouds at the
3: top. (laughs) 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 Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So, you know.
2: Imitation is boring.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Zara, They've given you a lot to think about, but it is time to make your decision. We're going to give one point to the declaration of greatness you like best and one point to the most awesome rebuttal. You get to decide what makes a winning argument. Did you like the jokes more or were you won over by the killer logic? Award your points, but don't tell us who they're going to. Death Valley, Death Valley,
2: Death Valley. <laughs> Do you get to influence her? I mean, you could try all the deaths of this whole show you're
0: trying to influence.
1: Zora. All right, Zora, have you made your decision? I
3: have. Wonderful. Mary and Gloria, how are you two feeling so far? I'm feeling really confident. I feel like I feel like Fuji's got this, 100%. I mean, I feel like Mount Fuji
2: rhymes with Mount Fungi. Do you know what a fungi is? It's like it eats, it eats mold. It's just, it's like, no, 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 no. This should be so obvious.
1: All right, well, time to pull out your canteens and beef jerky because we're camping for a spell. Sit tight and relax,
0: and we'll be right back with more Smash Boom Best.
3: You're watching State of Debate, home to raging rhetoric and awe inspiring argumentation. Hey, debate donators, I'm Taylor Lincoln, and I'm here with my rebuttal buddy, Todd Douglas.
5: That's me. We're here to report on the thumbtacks that are poking holes in good arguments, logical fallacies, flaws in the logic of one side of a debate.
2: Today's fallacy is the anecdotal evidence fallacy. That's when someone uses personal experience instead of real evidence to argue a point.
5: Anecdote? More like anecdote. You got to watch out for that one. It can come from anywhere, even down on the farm. Let's check in on our cow friends, Darla and Sharon.
0: Oh, no, Sharon, you're lying down again? That means it's going to rain. What? No, it doesn't. It's a beautiful, sunny day, and I'm just relaxing. Where's your evidence? When cows lie down, it means rain is coming. It's a saying. And last time I took a lay in the grass, it rained, like, immediately. So that proves it. That proves nothing. Well, don't come mooing to me when you get all soggy. I'll be in the barn.
5: Whoa there. Hold your horses. See what I did there, Taylor? Horses? Because we're on a farm.
0: Todd, quit
2: Horsing around! We have a logical fallacy to report. Darla heard that cows lie down when it's gonna rain.
5: But she had her own experience as proof with no actual evidence. Rookie move, am I right?
2: Okay, time to leave the farm, old Todd McDonald.
5: We'll see you next time on State State of of debate. Debate.
4: smash boom
1: best you're listening to smash boom best i'm your host molly bloom and i'm your judge zora and we love getting debate suggestions from our listeners check out this meaty
0: idea from kale My name is Kale, and I'm from New Hampshire. My debate idea is bone versus muscle. You don't need to be an MD to know that'll make a
1: good debate. We'll check back with Kale at the end of this episode to see which side he thinks should win.
0: And now it's back to today's debate, Death Valley versus Mount Fuji.
1: That's right. And it's time for round two, the Uh micro round. Today's micro round challenge is called Susian stylings. Mary and Gloria each wrote a poem about their side in the style of Dr. Seuss. Gloria went first last time, so Mary, you're up. Does Mount Fuji hop on
3: pop, or is it riddled with sneetches? I wanted to see what Mount Fuji was like, so I gathered my gear to go on a hike, and I called up a guide, Mr. Ickety Ike, who promised that even the tiniest type could take on Mount Fuji by foot or by bike. Well, maybe not bike he said with some glee but Fuji holds secrets inside her you'll see first she's not one volcano but three three I sputtered with a pang of fear could Fuji explode when we start getting near hogwash said Ike with a look of good cheer she hasn't exploded in 300 years but I'm scared I can't hike all that way I'm too small your height won't prevent you from having a ball Mr. Ike seemed to have not one care at all He took me to base camp the next day at two, and he said, now you'll learn all the things you can do, not three days, not four days, not even a week. It takes just one day to reach the great peak. We'll pray to the gods of this magical place and make double sure that our laces are laced. And I promise you'll go to the peak from the base and all of the while with a smile on your face. And that's how I conquered my fright, on top of a mountain so snowy and white, looking down on the clouds from a perilous height on top of Mount Fuji with Ickity Ike.
1: What a delightful story time. All right, Gloria, it is now your turn. Tell us, what would Horton hear in Death Valley? Out west,
2: there's a place where few dare to go. The earth is scorched dry and water won't flow. This place will amaze, with secrets galore, they call it Death Valley. Come, I'll show you some more. First, Badwater Basin, below the sea line. Bright white flats, sublime, crystalline. Once a great lake, now it's dry land, covered in salt you can hold in your hand. Next up, Mesquite Flat, here dunes reign supreme. Play in that sand, slide down if you're keen. See Racetrack Playa, where mysteries abound. Enormous rocks move when no one's around. Or Devil's Hole, filled with water, delish. The deep, dark home of the pupfish. Hike Mosaic Canyon, where flowers abound. Land bridges and ridges circle around. Oh dear, are we here? There's much left to say, but I'm getting quite parched. So
1: let's call it a day. Excellent work. Pupfish definitely sounds like a star of a Dr. Seuss book. All right. (laughs) Zora,
0: what stood out to you there about Mary and Gloria's micro rounds? I liked the use in the Fuji poem of the hike with an Ike Mm. and how that rhymed, but that's kind of an advantage to you that that works. (laughs) And the last line about being parched in the Death Valley one was really great. I felt
3: like it sort of underlined the problem with death now. <laughs> and I know Negative. that I'm biased here, but I'm just going to say. Negative.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zora, it is time to award a point, but don't tell us who it's going to. Again, criteria totally up to you. It's one of these books, one you can imagine checking out at the library. Did one have more facts? Did one make you laugh? All right, Zora, have you awarded your point? I have. Fantastic. Then it's time for our third round, the super stealthy...
3: (laughs) Sneak attack.
1: Your sneak attack is, what's that word? Gloria and Mary, we're going to give you three words related to your topic in secret. And it's going to be your job to get Zora to guess what your words are without using the word itself in your description. For example, if Mary got the word cloud, she might say... It's a big fluffy thing in the sky that rain comes out of. And Zora would guess cloud. Does that make sense, Mary and Gloria? Yeah. Yes. That is. All right, Zora, you can use whatever criteria you want to judge this round. It could be whoever gets you to guess most quickly, whoever has the coolest clues. It's up to you. Does that make sense, Zora? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. All right, Mary went first last time. So, Gloria, you're up. Let's hear your first word. And your time starts
2: now. Okay, so Let's do this. This slides through your hands. It's very, very, very minute, minute pieces of material. Yes, and it covers what? It covers what that you can slide down, dunes. and you can even yet no close, sand close, dunes. close. It covers something where you go out and you're hiking and hiking or walking, and it's very flat. And sometimes Rots. in a restaurant you eat it. You eat it if you add one letter, but in this case it's covered with the first word, which was sand, and... Um, you want to come back to it? Why don't you go to the next yes, yeah. one? Yes, I'll come back to
3: it. I'll come back I to it. no okay. idea.
2: So in... We'll come back to it, but don't worry. In So in Death Valley, if you catch a spring bloom, what will you see? There's life in Death Valley. It's very beautiful, very colorful. Um, it comes up from the ground. You, you need um, if you have them around your own yard, you need to water them. Um, oh, they can be awesome.
1: No, close, um, close time. Ah. All right, that middle word was. Do you want to reveal what the middle word was? The second <laughs> the middle
2: word was desert.
1: Oh uh, I know, close. Close. And what was the last one? And word? the last one was wildflowers. Oof, that's a tricky one.
2: I know, I know.
1: That was tricky. But you were
2: almost there. You were almost there. <laughs> so close. We should have was... just run with grass. We should have just run with grass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mary, you're up. Time to deliver right. your dynamic descriptions. And your time starts now.
3: Okay, this is fluffy stuff that falls from the sky. You can ski on it. Snow. Yes, okay, this is a mountain of fire volcano. Yes, okay, this is like the female version of Zeus uh, like okay, not the person but the, <laughs> the thing that she is. Some people would call Beyonce this. I don't know. it's like a uh, like <laughs> someone in charge, but a lady <laughs> and. Um, Greek blanks that are in the
0: sky. Oh, Greek um, goddesses.
3: Yep. Yes, nice. Yes! Very. Nice. You see the Beyonce connection now, right? And with yeah. fifteen yes. seconds
1: to spare, <laughs> nicely done. All right, Zara. Nice work. Didn't know we were going to make you play a game today, but we did. Which side impressed you the most? Think about it and award that side a point. But don't tell us who it's going to. Have you made your decision? I have. Wonderful. Then it's time for our final round. The final six. Okay, Mary, you've got six words left to prove why Mount Fuji is the Everest of destinations. Let's hear them.
3: Choose life, not death.
1: Choose Fuji. Mm, Wonderful. (laughs) It's
3: a campaign
1: slogan. All right. Gloria, give us six words that prove Death Valley is more than just a good name for a metal band.
2: (sighs) Mount Fuji, snore. Death Valley, roar!
1: (laughs) Very, very good. I see the Susian style's got you rhyming. All right. Let's award a point for this final six. Have you awarded it? Yes, I have. All right, tally up those points. Already, I'm done tallying. Okay, so you're ready to crown one team the Smash Boom Best. Yes. All right, drum roll, please. The winner
0: is Mount Fuji. Oh my
3: gosh. (laughs) Do I get a statue? No, no,
1: (laughs) no. So. Zora, was there like a moment that decided things? you really pushed it over the edge for Mount Fuji?
0: Um, I would say in the micro rounds, the hike with a Nike. Mm. It was really good. Gotcha. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm.
3: Gloria, I just want to say I really loved your poem. I thought it was really good, and I heard it, and I was like, I'm going down. <laughs> so I feel like kind of surprised and amazed that I won. So awesome.
2: Well, Mary, you are a gracious winner, which is sometimes hard to do. But I really loved how you talked about Mount Fuji as this sacred part of Japan and how people as old as their mid-70s and even little kids can climb it. It's really accessible to everyone. It made it kind of feel warm and fuzzy. So I will say a slightly grudgingly uh, (laughs) good job (laughs) to you as well.
1: That is it for today's debate battle. Zora crowned Mount Fuji the Smash Boom Best, but what about you? Head to smashboom.org and vote to tell us who you think won. Smash Boom Best is brought to you by Brains On and APM Studios. It's produced by Molly Bloom, Rosie Dupont,
3: Ruby Guthrie, and Aron Woldeselassi.
1: We had engineering help from Derek Ramirez and Gary O'Keefe with sound design by Rachel Breeze.
3: Our editors are
2: Shayla Farzan and Sandin Totten.
3: And we had production help from Anna Goldfield, Mark Sanchez, Anna Weggle, and Nico Gonzalez-Whistler.
1: Our executive producer is Beth Perlman, and the APM Studios executive in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Our announcer is Marley foyer otto and we want to give a special thanks to Austin Cross and Taylor Kaufman. Gloria, is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to today? The people who helped me find
2: Smash Boom best, my sons Tristan and Caden and my daughter Sinclair. High
3: fives to you. And how about you, Mary, any special shout outs or thanks? I also have to thank my family because this podcast like helped us get through quarantine. My husband, Mark, my older son, Leo, it's Stella... And also the Brooklyn Debate League, which uh, my son was part of and sort of introduced us to debate debate in general. It's super fun.
0: That is so awesome. And Zora, how about you? Any special thanks or shout outs? I'd have to thank Smash Boom Best because it's really entertaining on our road trips when we go to new national parks. Oh, that's awesome.
1: We're so glad you're here. All right. Well, before we go, let's check in with Kale and see who he thinks should win his muscle versus bone debate.
0: I think Bone should win because it protects your heart and your brain.
1: Do you have an idea for a knockdown dragout debate? Head to smashboom.org and tell us about it. We'll be back with a new debate battle next week.
4: See ta-ta, ya, ta-ta, ta-ta, everyone.
2: Wake Um, me up. Am I going to wake up?
4: Uh (laughs) 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 We're both asleep.